Welcome back to the Point Guard Cast with your hosts, Sean and Corey. I'm Corey. Yeah, Sean. How you feeling today, bro? Man, listen. <laughs> listen, you know how I feel. Of course. You know how I feel. I'm feeling good. I, oh, yeah. I was, The funny part is, the funny part about it is, I was watching the game yesterday with some people, with some friends that had never watched the Lakers game with me. And I was like, y'all might not be ready. I was like, y'all might, y'all might not, y'all might not be ready for what's coming tonight because it's a big game tonight. Yeah, and I'm probably not gonna sit down. I'm gonna yell at the TV. It's, it's gonna be crazy. Y'all might not be ready. They were like, "Oh, we gotta see it now." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> right." <All> right. <laughs> I hope you and your neighbors are ready. Hey, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so the Lakers are your t- officially. The Officially. 2020 NBA champions, man. Man, we've been waiting. I know, I know. I sound foolish. I sound like an idiot when I say we've been waiting a long time. When it's only been ten years, and other franchises have been waiting like thirty years, and y'all hear that, and y'all be like, "Man, come on now, ten years ain't nothing." But <laughs> from from we have been in the playoffs in six years, and yeah. Let me get into this too. For people that like expected anything else, what like I don't understand because like think about the fact when LeBron left Cleveland, he went to Miami. They 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 stunk up the first year in the finals, and then by the second year they were champions. Right. He went to he goes back to Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. They lose in the finals to go to State Warriors. But he had Matthew Delavadova as his second best player, so like, who knows what would have happened? And by the second year, by the second year, they were champions. Exactly. They go to the Lakers, gets hurt for the first time in fifteen years. He's human. They call they say all type of stuff about how he's just going to the Lakers to just to make movies, how he has a better chance. Of winning an Emmy than going to the play, going to the finals with that team. Right. By the second year, they were champions. This is just what LeBron James does. And when he yeah. said, and when he said that he promised us a championship last year, I expected nothing less. And then you go out and get a guy like Anthony. But well, the Lakers have been through a lot too. You think about that? Yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm gonna let you go though. I've been talking too long. Go ahead. No, you good. Um, yeah, I agree. The Lakers have been through a lot. They uh they were able to overcome so much between media people think of putting the, the Lakers down. Think about and, the fact that they were waiting on they they had to wait on Kawhi Leonard to make his decision. Yeah. And, and so, the media went I'm sorry, my bad. Go ahead. No, you could. No, that's a good point. Cause like waiting on Kawhi it looked like it was going to be a curse for the Lakers because there were so many other free agents getting picked up while they were waiting on Kawhi to make his decision. Exactly. And so by the time Kawhi made his decision, it seemed like there was nobody good left. And that's, that's what they wanted. That's what the, that's what the media based their whole argument off of. Exactly. And then, and then it turns out that what they put together worked perfectly, perfectly enough to beat all those teams. They, that they picked to beat. Yeah. Think Not about. only that, it worked out perfectly enough for them to be the the number one seed in the West. 
be the one seed in the West, and be the number two overall team. They had the second best overall record in the NBA. And then you and then you have this pandemic, and you go to a bubble, and none of that means nothing because you don't have that home court advantage no more. Nope. And you home over- court advantage is taken away. And you overcome all of that. You can overcome the greatest AC of all time, apparently. <laughs> you right. overcome the most the most what do you what you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? The most innovative team of all time, apparently, in the Houston Rockets. Oh yeah, the most yeah, yeah, the most innovative offensive team ever. Yeah. You go yeah. against the comeback kids. Yeah. And you go the Nuggets. And you go against O four Pistons vibes. That's what they call the Miami Heat. O four Pistons vibes. <laughs> you know, those O four yeah. Pistons that beat the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. That's what they call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had somebody on TV every day, every series, picking against this team. And it's like that's that's the kind of stuff that makes this one of the sweetest championships. I I watched them win. I remember, I remember, because I don't remember the Jack and Kobe championships. I can't say I remember those, but right. I remember both Kobe championships after Shaq, and that Boston one was was the sweetest one before this one. Oh yeah, I believe. But this this one this one beat that one because because of all the stuff I was talking about just then. Like all the, the LA was the favorite the LA was the favorites back in 2010 in the media and everything. They just went they just went down 3-2 and everybody and everybody was like, "Oh, they might lose," but they ended up overcoming. This team, dominant as they were, people were still picking against them. And I was just like, yeah, I was just like, bro, what are you watch? We not watching the same thing. By by game three of the Portland series, I knew that they broke Portland by game three. They broke Houston by game three. They mm-hmm. didn't really they didn't really break Denver. Denver tried the whole time until the second half of game five. And then yeah, and then this and then this series too. By the second half of this game, by the by the second quarter of this game. Miami knew it was over too. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, it's just to me with first of all with all the Lakers has been through have been through this year as an organization. First of all, what they've been through the last two years, what they went through last year with LeBron first getting there and the front office imploding and everybody saying it's LeBron and he came and like you said he came to L.A. to first of all Rob Palinka saying that he came to. L.A. to be a six foot nine Kevin Hart was so disrespectful. Rob Parker, Rob Parker, yeah. my man. I said Rob, Rob Palinka did not. <laughs> Rob Palinka. I had Rob Palinka on the mind, but yes, Rob Parker. Excuse me, I did not mean to say. Rob Palinka is one of the guys that want his damn respect. That's who Rob Palinka is, or who needs it. Yeah, exactly, Rob Palinka. But you know, we're not going to bring up people like that. But my whole point was, a lot of people really doubted LeBron. So therefore, since they put all the doubt on LeBron, they decided they were going to doubt the Lakers also. Yeah. Uh, even Chris Broussard admitted that he felt like he didn't feel like LeBron was done winning. He just felt like LeBron had so many miles on his body that he didn't think that he could carry the load of carrying a team to a championship again. Right. And I was like, well, if he doesn't have to fully carry like he has in the past, then yeah, he could do it. And that was the whole point in getting AD. Yeah. Not only was that the point of getting AD, but that was the point of getting this team ready because, again, all year, all they kept talking about was those two losses to the Clippers in the beginning and that loss to, to the Bucks in the beginning. Yeah, But I, I'm i telling you, that week when the Lakers were able – when the Lakers had to play 
the Bucks and the Clippers in the same week and they beat both of them, I said, I'm telling you, this is a preview of how they're going to play in the playoffs. That wasn't a week. That was a weekend. That was in a span. That weekend. That was in a span bad, of yeah. three days. Yeah. This season, yeah. The, the, the narrative about this team went from, oh, it's just LeBron and AD, and then it's nobody else, to, oh, you lost to the Clippers. The Clippers are obviously the favorites in, the game, in game one. To, oh, they're beating teams, but they haven't really beaten a contender. Right. Oh, to you still you're beating contenders, but you still haven't beat the Clippers. Right, which I don't get why that's still a thing. Like, why do people continue to say like, all you've heard today from people is, okay, yeah, the Lakers did good, but they were able to escape, escape not having that. to face the Clippers. Well, the Lakers did their job. They made it to the finals. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. They made it to the finals. They did their job. Yeah. Took care of business every single round. It's not the Lakers' fault that the Clippers didn't take care of business because they were focused on other things um, outside of basketball or because they were so focused on the Lakers that they didn't take the Nuggets seriously who were right in front of them. That's not the Lakers' fault whatsoever. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm, talking, about that. Oh, I'm talking about the regular season, though, like within, oh, yeah. within the regular yeah, yeah. season. And then once you, once you beat the Clippers, it's like, oh, the Clippers didn't have Lou Woods and Montrezl Harrell that game. And you still haven't beat the Bucks, so you still haven't really beat a contender. Then, then it goes from after they beat the Clippers and the Bucks at full strength. Yeah. It's oh, then you get into the playoffs. No, you get into the bubble. It's like oh, they're what three and three and five in the bubble or something. They can't shoot. Yeah. They can't shoot and they can't defend the three, which is saying this team couldn't defend anything. It was a oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, they based it off. They based it off what they thought they saw in the regular season. That's what it was based off of. And then you go but, to the greatest AC of right. all time and all that type of stuff with all the teams that they were playing in the bubble. And now, oh and yeah, now all of a sudden, all those teams were as what they thought they were because the Lakers destroyed them. None of the teams yeah, was what which, they thought. See, go ahead, you can. That that's what don't make any sense to me because. It's crazy to me that these teams were supposed to be this good, but people only thought they were good if it meant that the Lakers would lose. Yeah. But once the Lakers beat them, now all of a sudden those teams aren't that good and it was a cakewalk. And it's like, no, no, no. You just want to do whatever you – you just want to say whatever you can to make sure you don't give the Lakers their full credit that they deserve. Because it, bottom line is the way this bubble was set up, there's no home court advantage. Nobody has to travel. No, everybody's There's no on the fans. Field. There's nothing crazy. Every exactly the playing field is even when it comes to where you're playing at. It's gonna cut all those games came down to was who wanted it more. That's all it came down to. All those games, each and every well, game in that well, bubble came down to who wanted to win. That was well, it. Talent too. Talent was amazing. I mean, somewhat, but, but you yeah, saw but the Clippers even... and the Bucks too. So like the Clippers and the Bucks were supposed to have the two best players in the league, apparently, and they both Lost before yeah, those, I can't, before the conference finals. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can't fully say talent because I mean, look at the Heat. The Heat to me are less talented than the Celtics, and they beat the Celtics in six. Yeah, they less they less talented than the Bucks. They beat the Bucks. Like, ta- like talent is a thing on paper, but when it comes to who's willing to put in the work when there's no home crowd there, I mean, this this what the bubble showed. It showed who wanted it more. That was it. The Heat wanted to beat every team they played because they knew people weren't going to take them as seriously. So they came out and said, okay, hit every team in the mouth. And, see, and they wanted to see how each team would respond. Nobody in the East could respond. Like I said, 
the only team that could respond well enough to how they played was the Lakers. Like I said, if I'm a Heat fan, I'm proud of that team because, like, they're ahead of schedule. They weren't supposed to be here yet. They weren't supposed to be no, here yet at all. So, like, they can get better and get back here. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, they can get a superstar and definitely get back. Yeah. Even though they don't necessarily we'll be having, need we'll be one, ha- we'll be having some uh, off season discussions and after free agency, like while free agency is going, after free agency and stuff like that, talking about who got who, who went where and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's gonna yeah, be some interesting um, discussions. Yeah, that would be. Um, okay, so let's get into this to this game and what what we saw from this game. I didn't. Um, first of, first all, of all, how did you feel going into this game? First of all, I'm gonna say that I ain't, I ain't really analyze this game like that. <laughs> I ain't take no type of notes. It was like to take care of business. I'm sitting here, honorary coach from home, yelling at the TV, even though you can't hear me. Type of mood in this game. <laughs> so that's all. So so how I felt? I was I was anxious. I was oh, yeah. I was um anticipating it. I wouldn't say that I was necessarily unnecessarily worried, but I was nervous. I can say that. If that's a, is that is that a thing? Can you be worried but not nervous? I mean, nervous yeah. but not worried. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. That, you can I be think that's how I feel. You, I, you have the natural butterflies before a game, so like that's how I was feeling. I was ready for it to get started. Once it got started, I was good. Like whether it was going to be right. a close game or not, the the butterflies were gone because like we are in the middle of the game or whatever. But, like, the Lakers, yeah, you you said how I felt. But that's how I felt going into it. Yeah. Um, I just – so, the only reason why I didn't feel nervous was because I knew that the Lakers were like, we can't give this team any more life, yeah. and we're done playing around. Oh, yeah, they were definitely done like, playing they, around. They got a – they squeaked by – Bias with that 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 game that big game five that they had, we're not gonna let that happen again. And shout out to Danny Green because um, he came out firing. He didn't care if he was missing. Shout out to him because he did not he did not yeah. care. Like yeah, that was a see that was a sequence in the first quarter where he got the shot in the corner. He missed it. AD got the rebound. Yeah. Somebody got the rebound. I can't remember who. AD got the rebound. He kicked it right back out to him. He shot it again. He missed it again. And then they they got a third shot. and He made it. So like he he. He was not hesitating. He did not care that he missed that shot to end last game. He did not care about all the stuff, right. all the stuff that was going on with social media. He just went out and he played. He balled like a veteran champion type player does. Yeah, and did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, shout out to Danny Green. Um, that's another thing. I was like, regardless of what happens, he he's gonna come to do what he. Regardless of. How the Heat came out in this game, I just felt like everybody on that that Lakers team had the same mindset. Oh, they obviously, of, I'm going to do what I got to do. They obviously was on a mission. What do you think about the decision to start Caruso instead of Dwight Howard? Um, I think I it was think smart. It was brilliant. It helped them I think out. it was brilliant. And the be- yeah, it helped out the transition defense a lot because Caruso and LeBron in transition are really good. Um, But also Caruso on the, the defensive end is – Sneakier than the white, and what I mean by that is he makes he's he's a little bit more agile because he's a, he's shorter, of course. He's a little more agile, and he he just makes a lot of great hustle plays yeah, on defense. That's exactly. When it comes to switching on screens and stuff, he's he can recover a lot quicker than the white. 
his hands are quicker, so he gets a lot of really good steals, a lot of really sneaky steals. Um, and he just makes all the right hustle plays that you need him to make. And that was one of the things that I feel like in game five happened with the Heat was the Heat was the ones making the great hustle plays and not yeah. the Lakers. And that was a, that was obviously a point of emphasis in this game is hustle. Because yeah. first of all, first of all about the Caruso thing, it forced Anthony Davis to move over to the five where he's best at. Yeah. Like nobody's stopping the A D at the five. If he if he in the post nobody's no. stopping him at the five. No, no, ever. No. But in no. terms of uh, in no, terms no. of the hustle plays thing, in the first five minutes you saw five or six hustle plays that got Lakers extra possessions. Like I said yeah, like I said, I mean. the, all those rebounds to get Danny Green that first three after he missed that two. That was that was hustle plays. That when right. Rondo Rondo, man. Rondo. Yeah. Um I was I got I was that wrong. in my notes of the first Rondo was uh I knew he was gonna do that though, because he's been pretty consistent in these I was playoffs. Rondo was head in the regular season because he was not good. <laughs> he wasn't good. He wasn't this. Playoff Rondo. No, he wasn't Rondo this at all. Real. I don't think I think yeah. I don't think he was trying that much in the regular season at this point. No, that's what that, like that's what I was sa- trying to like tell he was people. Saving like, himself. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell people. Like, you gotta understand this this Lakers team is the oldest team in the NBA. They got too many people who have gone deep into the playoffs and have been to the finals and have won it. They realize that the regular season doesn't mean as much as the playoffs mean. As long as they in that top two, that top one, two, three seed, they're fine. They don't, they, you know, they don't really care about it. Too. They know that they have to up their level of play in the playoffs, man. That's that's what they say before. So yeah, I agree with you. He didn't look that great in the regular season, but I was like, you know what? Watch Rondo crank it up a notch in the playoffs, especially with a team like this Lakers team he's playing with, because this is unlike any team he's played with since he was in Boston. A hundred percent. It's crazy. It's just none of those other teams add up to this Lakers team um, that he's played with recently. So I had a feeling that if you just let him get a taste of the playoffs, he'll show you what you could do, what he can do, and that's exactly what he did. My man's had 19 points, and he started the game nine, eight for nine from the field. He just kept taking Jimmy Butler. He he was taking Jimmy Butler off the dribble to the rim, and then he had like two threes. Yeah. He, yeah. He um, was playing – the. He was playing his defense where he's sneaking behind people and getting and forcing turnovers. He was doing every like Rondo was was the third best player in this game on both on both yeah. teams. That includes Jimmy Butler, who's yeah. who's been torturing the Lakers in two games this three finals. Yeah, well, you know what? I knew from the first quarter out the gate, though. First of all, I saw what the Heat were trying to do. Um, I could see that they wanted to get because they had so much success going to Duncan Robinson in game five and getting Duncan Robinson going in Crowder and yeah, him and Crowder was such a threat on the outside, that three point line that it was harder for the Lakers to, to completely try and double team Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they were, they ended up having to respect those shooters so much that they had to let Jimmy go one-on-one a couple of times because their shooters had the hot hand and were hitting shots when they needed it to in game five. Yeah. So the Heat in Game Six in that first quarter, especially, they came right out with the same thing. We're trying to was trying to do whatever they could to get Duncan Robinson open for for threes to start out the game. But and I was like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. I mean, they it it was successful in Game Five, so why not come out with it in Game Six too? I get it. 
Yeah. But KCP was like fronting Duncan Robinson all night. Yeah. Not letting him get open. Like fronting him, like fronting him and following him everywhere. Like they was that was obviously a game plan to have KCP run Duncan Robinson off yeah. the three point line. Now he hit his and, first one. And when he yeah, hit he, that first one, I was like, He oh, hit his here, first here two. Go. Yeah. I was like, oh, he hit his first go. Two. But after that, the Lakers got it together, man. After those yeah. first two, they were like, "No, we not we not starting off game six the way we started off game five because we, everybody was playing great defense on Jimmy. Le, LeBron started out guarding Jimmy in the first, and he didn't let Jimmy get open at all, and it was great. But he said, "If I'm gonna do this, I need y'all to make sure that y'all are out on those shooters. We yeah. cannot we cannot let them get going like they got going in game five. And the Lakers didn't do that. Their defense was great on Jimmy Butler." He he had no room to breathe at all, no matter who was on him. Um, like you said, KCP did really good on Duncan Robinson, especially after he hit his first two. He hit his first two, and I was like, oh, he he picked up right where he left off in Game Five, and I was like, that might be an issue down the stretch unless the Lakers get it together, which they did. Yeah. Um, the Lakers the Lakers defense in that first half, man, crazy. Like that's like I, that went from one of the best defensive Lakers teams I've ever seen to the best defensive Lakers team. That might be the best defensive Lakers team of all time. That was one of the best defense performances I've ever seen. Yeah, that's LeBron's they best had, defensive team he's ever played with. To be honest with you, right? It's crazy. They they had they held Miami to thirty six points in the first half. Right, which is crazy because Miami had twenty to end the first. Yeah. And put that in perspective, Miami had 35 points at the end, in the fourth quarter. Like, once everybody, like, calmed down and every, everything, like, settled down and the Lakers knew they were going to win, Miami had 35 points in the fourth quarter. Which and is 36 crazy. in the entire first half. Yeah, they, oh, they scored Yeah, they scored 35 in the fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Lakers had already had them beat by then. But yeah. part of yeah, it so was because – of what they did to start out. I mean, the Lakers yeah. came out more aggressive in this game than they did in game five. Like you said, yeah. AD had to start out at the five because they put Alex Cruz on the lineup. AD had eight points in the first half, and, I mean, he looked dominant. He Nobody could stop him five, ten feet within that basket. Yeah, that was game one vibes. That first that, – that, that, that game was game one vibes. Yeah. His dominated. Ten, ten feet within that basket, AD was getting a bucket. You, yeah. you, nobody was stopping him within that back. Same thing with Bron. AD had eight then in the first. Bron had nine. Both of them were cooking inside that paint. There was nothing that he could do with them inside that paint whatsoever. Nothing. Then, not only could you not stop them in the paint, but then when the Heat would get down their offense, they didn't have nowhere to go. Yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't always get your shooters open. Every time one of your shooters got a shot, somebody was closing out on them. And closing out on him so well that the shot was tough. Yeah. But the Lakers also did a good job of closing out without fouling. Which is something to exactly. me. Exactly. That that's, a, that's a point. Because that's a point of emphasis from last game. From last game. Because they allowed two four-point plays that game. And I, I think and I think I think they allowed two more three-point three-point baskets from that was that they fouled on, like three shots, three shot fouls they had. Yeah. So like exactly. So like you take away those when you file on a three, maybe this game don't even go to six. I mean, maybe this series don't even go to six games. Yeah, exactly. Um, they man, they just to me they play with the defensive intensity that they brought in game two versus the Rockets. Yeah, 
And the only reason why game I say that is because I still say game two versus the Rockets was what started off their defensive warpath on, on every team they played after that. Every game after that, not every team, every game after that. I just felt like they hated how game – I mean, they, their defense is good versus Portland too, but they know that they had to up it a notch versus that Rockets team, especially after game one. And, again, I dedicate the way that they play their defense now to – to the Rockets and how well the Rockets are on that perimeter. Like, it really made the Lakers, like, I haven't seen a team ramp up their defense like that since probably the, the Warriors in 2017. I've never, seen, I've never seen a team ramp up their defense like that. Like, the, it's crazy. It's almost day and night from what they yeah. did in the regular season. They weren't playing defense at all, for real, in this series until yesterday. They're yeah. like, okay, we're going to play defense now. And when we play defense, I put on my Instagram story yesterday. When the Lakers, when this Lakers team lock in on defense, good luck. Yeah, and what? And good luck because I knew that I saw that in the first quarter. I saw that in the first five minutes of the game that the defensive intensity of this game was going to be way different than what they've shown in these in these prior games of this series. Yeah, I, it was just a question of whether Miami was going to match that at the other end. Right. Like, because I knew the Lakers were locked in defensively, so I was like, okay, so this is the type of game they're gonna play. This might be an ugly game, but the Lakers on offense too. On offense too, they were like clicking on also in this game. That's that's mm. that's what this Los Angeles Lakers team was. Yes, yeah, exactly. Is what you saw yesterday. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, everybody was so intense on the offensive end too. That again, there was nothing that Miami could do, bro. You had you, you first of all, you had everybody not named Danny Green driving in LA and trying to score on you anyway. Yeah, and it's and if you would have, Miami could be aggressive, but everybody was attacking with such authority that all it would do was it would put whoever's down low in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So a couple of those times, you just because somebody got beat. On the closeout in the corner, and KCP decided to drive. Sometimes you had to have you had to let him have that bucket, so that way later on in the game, if it's still a game, you're not in foul trouble. Because mm-hmm. um, that's something that the Nuggets wouldn't do, and that's why you saw a lot of the Nuggets players get in foul trouble. And that's something that the Heat tried to avoid, um, which is smart on Eric Spoelstra's part. But uh, yeah, the first quarter, like you said told me everything I needed to know about what the Lakers were going to do. And then the second quarter is just where it blew open. For Rondo to hit a layup and a three to start the second quarter, I was like, oh, yes, it's on, a wrap. On it's a wrap. Yeah. A step back three. Yeah. On Jimmy. Oh, Who's supposed to be the... Yeah. Bro, when he did that, I was like, oh, no, nah, it's over. You got Rondo hitting step back threes? Nah, yeah, it's a wrap. If Rondo... Rondo. If Rondo hits step back threes like that, the rest of the team gonna be doing the same thing. Like it's it's over with. Yeah. You can't. It's it's hard, man. It's hard to match the energy of the Lakers when they're playing like this. No, actually, it's not hard. You can't. I'm a, yeah. I'm a miss. It's, it's it's impossible. You can't like. I don't. There's to me. There's no team currently. They had a top gear better than anybody else. Let's put it that way. Yeah, top, they there were, you go. They That's a good way to put it. Yeah, the best team in this in this year. No matter in this what playoffs, they, yeah. In this year's season, no matter what they told you, yeah. And on t on on TV or online, this was this yeah. team was has been the best team all year. Agreed. Even though they're not going to let them have the regular season, whatever. But 
Um, to me, when it mattered the most, they were, which is the playoffs. This, this is where it matters. Like, this is where it all counts. This is where you take everything you learned about each other in the regular season and all these teams that you play in the regular season, Who? and you put it together in the playoffs. Who was better in the regular season? They're gonna say the Bucks because the Bucks would. I mean, they had the number one overall record. They're gonna, they're gonna give it to the Bucks. Uh, okay, I guess. But yeah, like, that's what, trust me, me, I feel the same way. But they, that's who they'll give. That's who they're gonna give it to. To me, it just comes down to versatility because, like, the Lakers. Okay, we we'll talk about we'll talk about the playoffs. Because I, I was about to say, like, yeah, go ahead. The go Bucks ahead. were just like they were too. They obviously they look at how they. Okay, that never mind because that also comes down to the playoffs because the Bucks were exposed in the playoffs. So you're right. Yeah, you're that's right. what I'm so saying. They, you're right. <laughs> that was my biggest thing. Because what I saw in the regular season is what they were exposed for in the playoffs. Like I was like, when this play when these playoffs come, like the Bucks are not gonna be able to do this. Because they would just they you dominate, they dominate. The Bucks would dominate because they had like say for instance, you're playing one team. Yeah. One team on a night on a nightly or a different team on a nightly basis. That game plan works because that team isn't, like, necessarily game planning for you on that night because, like, they have other games to worry about. You don't really game plan for one team for a one-night game. You just go and do you do what you do. They do what they do. And whoever – the it, the Bucks system worked for that. Like, they steamroll teams from that. But when the playoffs come and you can zero in on that one thing that they like to do, then, like, mm-hmm. you can – a, a a coach like Frank, not Frank Vogel, what's his name? Eric Spolstra can zero mm-hmm. in on what the Bucks likes to do. They were too one dimensional to overcome that. The Lakers weren't that. The Lakers could the Lakers would try out different lineups every game to fit to better suit their opponent, just like yeah. they did in these playoffs. Like the versatility, it was it wasn't even close. And then the defense. I know that the Bucks had a lot of all defensive players, but that right. but the defense was also exposed. Like the Lakers' defense was never exposed; they were top five defense all year, even in the playoff. And then they were a top five team defense in the playoff. They were both. I think the Bucks might have been both the top five offense and defense too, though, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're. I'm telling in you, terms I of think efficiency. They were. So yeah, yeah, I guess I guess in the regular season you'll give it to the Bucks because they had the better record. You just ain't think you aren't thinking about those little nuanced things that separates the team, but yeah, the Lakers but again, in hindsight were the best team all year. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I agree with you, but again, people just felt anyway. It don't even matter. The point is, the Lakers here they made it here for a reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my whole thing was when Rondo came out swinging in that first, picking up with that same energy that he had. Came out, excuse me, when he came out and hit that layup and that three to start the second, keeping that same energy that he had in the first, I was like, oh, yeah. He had like, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Not only him, KCP too. He had like, KCP came out too, cooking in the second. Yeah. He had those two threes at each corner. Um, Like, the second is where the Lakers really show their separation. Mm-hmm. The second is where the Lakers show this is how they break teams down. They smother you on defense, swat everything that started. comes their way in that paint, and then their transition offense is so good that there's nothing you could do. You can't tell me defense don't win championships. I just watched it. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, 
they just they blew it open in the second quarter, man. They, the second quarter is what ended what finished this game. Yeah. There was there was nothing you could there was nothing that the Heat could do. Now what I will say, because I didn't see a lot of people talking about this, is Jay Crowder tried in that that's oh that yeah. Second. Yeah, he he got he drew a charge. He had that three and that layup. He, like he, Jay yeah, tried, he had a three, a layup, and then a charge and was trying to get them going. Yeah. But it never happened. The Lakers never it, nobody else could respond the same way on offense because the 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 Lakers were kind of like Jay hadn't been as big of a factor as everybody else is out here on that floor. So if anybody's gonna be this, it's gonna be Jay. Because see, even Goran Dragic came back last night and yeah. they they gave him no why win. did they do that? <sighs> like he obviously was... was not ready. He obviously he obviously was not in rhythm. They got desperate. I don't even know why. Why were you even desperate? Like you were doing fine without him. Uh, because they felt like but, the Lakers were gonna come out with the energy they came out with last night. That's why. But the two, but the game he played, y'all got whooped. Game one was the only game he played before yesterday, and you got whooped in that game too. So like, yeah. they tried to see what he could do. That's what it was. It was like, let's see what he can do. He obviously was not healthy. <sighs> he obviously was not ready. He, he, he was not, not healthy. I just right. don't understand that decision, but go ahead. They they tried it, but the Lakers were pretty much prepared for it. Literally everybody. They was even prepared for Kendrick Nunn, who also was trying to give them that spark that he gave them in game five. Yeah. There was nobody was having that. Rondo wasn't having that either. Yeah. That's another thing I, I I'll admit. There was a couple possessions in there where Rondo was on Kendrick Nunn head on defense. He was giving him no room. Because they gave him way too much room in game five. He was cooking. Yeah, him and him and Duncan Robinson combined for 40 points. If Duncan Robinson and Ty, and and um Kendrick Nunn combined for 40 points, which was more points than anybody outside of AD and LeBron last game, like you're gonna lose. And you only yeah, lost, exactly. And you only lost by three when that happened. Right. Which says a lot. Um, but yeah, the Lakers. I don't have anything else after the second quarter because it was just all Lakers after the second. Yeah, um, you knew they were going. First of all, it was all of them during the second. Excuse me. It was all Lakers during the second, and then the, the, the next three quarters, it was just over with. But what was crazy to me was looking at the stat lines between the two teams. So, to going into halftime, Jimmy had eight points. Uh huh. Jay Crowder had eight points. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, the, the, it makes sense. The Lakers' defense on Jimmy's been superb. Did you, did you notice that they were throwing those same double teams, those same random double teams they were throwing at Jimmy? The same random double teams that they were throwing at that the, the Heat were throwing at Anthony Davis. Yeah, exactly. They, it was smart. They had to had to give get him out of a rhythm because even if, again, even if he wasn't scoring, he started. He's coming into like his own little LeBron, and if he's not scoring, he's setting people up too. Yeah. Which and is, they couldn't even let him get that going, which was smart. No, nah, he had eight assists, but like, well, yeah, but it wasn't but like how it he wasn't, usually yeah, wants it wasn't, to because it, 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 it helps to get him going too. Yeah, it wasn't the same. Was a, no, not by any means. He was a minus eighteen in this game. Um, it trust me, if he would have got, even though he had his eight assists, if he would have got it the way he wanted to, and got himself hyped too, he probably would have ended, would gone in the halftime with like sixteen instead of just eight. Yeah, like easily. Um. So then the the Lakers on the Lakers end, Brian had eleven points, nine rebounds, six assists. AD had fifteen points, five rebounds. Rondo had thirteen points at halftime, and KCP had fifteen points at halftime. Yeah, 
Oh my God! What they yeah. did to the Heat in that second quarter was ungodly, bro. Yeah, that that started that started with Rondo because he had he had all the <sighs> yeah he had like four or five layups, four or five yeah. layups taking Jimmy off the dribble. Then he had that one where he spun it and went underneath underneath the defensive the de- the defense's arms. I can't remember who it was that he spun on, but he spun and got that layup too. And yeah. I was just like, he who is he wanted it. That was that was the thing he wanted. You can see, you can see that's it. what I told you. You can see it in his face ahead, that he wanted. It. You can see it in his eyes, yeah. like when he was running down the court. There wasn't no celebrating, with no clapping. He was just he was determined. He wanted this championship, and he he looked like that Rondo that dropped forty on the Heat back in like twenty twelve. Even though the Heat went on to win the yeah. series, he had a big forty point game that helped Boston out a lot, and that's what he looked like. Don't you think it's crazy that he was a part? of in 2008, a part of the seventh, the Celtics' seventeenth championship, and now he's a part of their biggest rival's seventeenth championship. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, but that's part of what he wanted. He wanted to add to his legacy, man. That's what he wanted. To do. He wanted to add to his legacy. He's a hall. He's a hall of famer now. That's all I was about to say. People didn't feel like he was a Hall of Famer before. They'll, they'll feel differently now. But then another thing is the way this Lakers team is set up is he's not done. Oh yeah. He that's that's the good, greatest thing about this team is this team will help everybody when it comes to longevity because nobody is carrying too much of a load on this team. It feels like people ain't gonna want to hear this, but it feels like the startup, the just a start. It don't even feel like the like with Kobe and with Kobe and Powell those years. That felt like the end of something. Like it was coming, something was coming to an end. This feels like mm-hmm. this feels like the start of mm. of something new with this Los Angeles Lakers franchise. Like it feels like the Rob Palenka era is starting. Mm. If you get what I'm saying, because like Anthony Davis, young Anthony Davis, only 28 years old, you still gonna have that cash base. People gonna want to come to the Lakers again because Jim Buss is no longer there. So like they're gonna get free agents to come there. You gonna want they then they're gonna get the veterans that want rings to come there. Like I wouldn't surprise me that Carmel, if Carmelo Anthony ended up on this team with team in a couple of years or next year, trying to get uh, him yeah, it's a possibility. And then you got, and then you got, like I said, you got cash space, you got people that's going like you got the organizations back on track. So like it feels like the start of something with this team. LeBron, yeah, I agree with LeBron you. I feel like he's, I feel like he's on the beginning. He said, "No." He just said he got a lot of years left, which is scary. He's thirty, about to be thirty-six years old, and he's body and his body, and his body feel like he can go some more years, a lot more years. That man yeah. shot forty. I mean, fifty-nine percent <laughs> in the finals. Crazy. From the, like that's his best finals performance from the field ever. Did you see? Did you see this post game when he was on SportsCenter where they asked him what he'd say to the twenty-eight-year-old LeBron James first going to? First going to uh, twenty seven year old yeah. Brian, First going to Miami. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, I think with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. Well, he said what he would say yeah. to him, and then he said something like, uh, 35 year old LeBron would dominate twenty seven year old LeBron." Mentally, he dominate. You can yeah. have all your athleticism, but mentally, I would dominate him. Yeah. Smart. That's 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 how that's what the great ones do, in my opinion. When yep. they get old, they we. I felt like that's what MJ and Kobe did when they got older was 
you when your game starts to slow down and when you slow down your pace a little more, you gotta pick up that mental yeah. toughness and you gotta be smart about how you go about your game. And to me, that's what LeBron yeah. did all year. Pro Kobe and, and um pro pro Kobe eight Kobe and twenty four Kobe. We'll put that we'll put it that way. Eight Kobe and twenty four yeah. Kobe was two different people. They yeah. were completely different human beings. Agreed. So like I tell people that all the time. So like Le- LeBron and like and then I don't even think LeBron's in that stage yet where he's not where he's not as athletic anymore. No, he's just not trying to dunk on everybody anymore like he was before. That's like it. imagine if he's not trying to jump out of the gym all the time. Every every like other imagine play. Imagine if he went full Kobe and went, okay, I'm gonna play in the post now. I'll play in the high post. Instead of trying to dunk on everybody. I mean, he don't try to dunk on everybody now, but like in transition, he'll still give off one of those big tomahawks. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, um, like imagine if he bottled all that up and and like uh, put that energy in doing something else on the court. He could if he wanted to. That's long. That's more longevity right there. Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess his game and what he does is just. Worked for it works for him and what he's trying to do to keep his longevity Absolutely. going, I guess. And it's it's just crazy to me how still people have doubts about what it is that he can do. Yeah. Like he's in year seventeen and just won his fourth chip. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Anybody else who you could name anybody else in the NBA right now? Yeah. And they 17 seasons. First of all, some of them are going to make it to a 17 season. Second of all, the ones who do will not be playing like this in this season. Absolutely I'm just going to be Absolutely honest with you. Um, think about like name all the people that they said was supposed to take the crown from LeBron. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. They were supposed they to take the crown. Yeah. Giannis. Steph Curry. Um. Yeah, yeah. 2016, people said the, before he won that chip in 2016, the year going into that 2016 season, before the Cavs made that 3 1 comeback, um, after they won it in 2015, people did say that Steph Curry was better than LeBron Kevin, after that. Yeah, Kevin I remember Durant. that. Yeah, and, uh, that's part of part of why Kevin Durant left Golden State, not just because him and Draymond didn't get along, but people still weren't giving him his just dues. But, um, I mean, it's what LeBron does is just different from what everybody else and, does, man. That's and even Derrick Rose to some extent. Yeah, after t- in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Even Derrick Rose to some extent. Even though, yeah, at least, yeah, Derrick Rose too. Yeah, I agree. Um, And Melo at one point. Uh, yeah. I... Even, though, even though I felt like that was just because people didn't like the heat. Um, a lot of people felt like Melo was a better player than LeBron until they had that playoff series. You know what's so crazy? People act like that playoff series between Miami and New York didn't happen. I don't remember. I don't remember because the Heat about. beat New York so bad. Because the Heat beat New York so bad that people was like, "Oh, this is the first year we'll see Melo and Braun in the playoffs." So I was like, "So y'all forgot about 2012?" Oh, that was that year that the Knicks randomly got the second seed. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, yeah, I'm telling you, people forgot all about it because I, I didn't revive. Yeah, forgot about it too. Yes, I did. Yeah, the, I, I didn't forget about that. That was so crazy to me that people completely forgot about that playoff. I forgot series. Mello was even um, making the playoffs in the 
Yeah, because he didn't. They didn't. They didn't do much after that. Because Amari Stoudemire went down no. and all that type of all that extra stuff. Then you had the Jeremy Lin season. Yeah, like they didn't do much after that. Yeah, Melo, uh, not Melo, but Amari. After they lost game one, punched a fire hydrant and broke his hand, and he took himself yeah. out. People forgot. <laughs> I'm just telling you, people forgot all yeah. about that, bro. Um, because the the very first game, the Heat won 167. Oh, I'll never forget that because yes, Kings, I'll never forget that. Kings huh? will score 167. I mean, a hundred. I mean, 67 points <laughs> in the playoffs in 2012. Yeah. April, yeah, April 28th, the game, the game one of the the Knicks that's in Miami like, in 2012. That's not like 2003. You get 67 points at the end <laughs> of the game. Exactly, but like that, people forget that like that happened. And it's crazy to me that people forget that, that happened. But the reason why I remember that so much is because when the 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 Knicks won Game Four, right? They won it by yeah. two points. Melo had like forty one in that game or something like that, and they won it by two points. It was like eighty nine, eighty seven, or something like that. It was close. I remember people saying that the Knicks were going to come back because Melo is a better player, a better offensive player than LeBron, right? In two thousand, Melo might have been a better and offensive then, player than LeBron. In 2012. He just went a better overall player. But Melo on offense was a was a dog. Like, like he was yeah, no cap. Well, he was Melo was different. Like he sure. was winning. Uh, he was hard he was to stop. Scoring titles and stuff. Offensive. Like him and him and Kobe yeah. and him and KD was going toe for toe for toe, trying to see who was going to win the uh the scoring title one in the years. Yeah. Um. So people felt like that you know the the Knicks were going to win it, but um. The the Heat ended up winning Game Five though by like ten or something like that, even though the Knicks snuck out Game Four. Um, but I'm just saying like there's always been all these times where people have tried to say um, that somebody is better than LeBron, and then some way somehow by the end of the year or that following season, that mind is completely changed because LeBron does something else that they're like, well, dang. It just seems like everybody's trying to. It seems like everybody on TV wants to be the first one to say, dang, LeBron's finally slowing down. So that I guess that they can have the credit to say that they figured out when LeBron was going to slow down or something. But then when he doesn't, there's nothing that they can say besides, oh, well, I feel like this person's better than him anyway. And then when that person isn't better than him, then they give him his props for two weeks and then they write back at who's better than him. (laughs) I'm I'm just sick. I'm just the the one conversation I'm sick of is the goat conversation. Because yeah, we're not even gonna get into that. That's a that's a thing for TV, bro. That's that's what it's because for. like if it's for ratings. If you say that LeBron's the goat, if I think Michael Jordan's the goat, there's nothing that I can say to you that's gonna convince you that that Michael Jordan's the goat, and vice versa. Like if you already yeah. have it, you already have it in your head that somebody's the goat. Like there's nothing like you can say to somebody else that's gonna um, change their mind about what they think. No, <laughs> especially not in this day and age. No, bro. Exactly. There's there's nothing. That's the reason why I I don't understand why they do it, but they do it now. About okay, it seems like this season they had that almost every week. Probably fifty yeah. times yeah. this year for no reason, like literally almost and every I, week. You right, at least once a week. And I think, to be honest with you, between me and you, at this point, mm-hmm. at this point, 
six and zero. It's the only thing that's even keeping this a conversation. But like, we're gonna talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, they ain't ready for that conversation because they got Though, because they got MJ because... on size. So, so like, this. thank you. Okay, that's the, yeah. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna discuss it. We ain't gonna <laughs> get a, into it. We ain't gonna podcast. get into it. You right. Yeah, that's a different one for another. Day. We'll say that for some some weeks from now. Well, that's that's an off season talk. Yeah. That's off season talk. Um, so let's go back to the end of this game. So the Lakers won, of course. They won big. They won. They won. The Lakers get their seventeenth title as a franchise. LeBron gets his fourth ring. Um, Rondo gets his second. Danny Green gets yep. his third. So it's crazy that Danny Green and LeBron. Have now three gotten rings with three different franchises. I think that's pretty funny that <laughs> they're on the same team and just accomplish the same thing. But that's crazy. Now, of course, LeBron has the Finals MVPs yeah. with it also. Um, but I just think that's that's a pretty amazing feat, though. Um, it's pretty special. Um, but let's talk about the people who got their first mm-hmm. ring. Who LeBron was able to help them get that first ring with this this team, like yep, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Who a lot of people were talking about how good he was, but then they would say, "Well, when it comes to the playoffs, can he even really lead a team? Yep. Can he lead a team? Can he? I don't know. Is is the playoffs too much for him? Things like that." Um, LeBron took him under his wing this year, and when it's all said and done, once once it's LeBron time and he's gone, and Anthony Davis takes over, um, Anthony Davis will know how to lead a team just like LeBron James knows how to lead one to the promised land. Yeah. That's what he's using these years for yeah. is to learn. That's what he's going to use these years for while he's up under LeBron. He's, and somebody like Rondo, he's going to use these years to learn what it takes to get somebody there. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see Anthony Davis in his older age leading teams, how he does and how 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 much he picked up from being under somebody like LeBron. Um, then you get to see Dwight Howard. To me, Dwight Howard probably has the greatest redemption story out of yeah, anybody in this bubble. Because he won it, of course, everybody knows. Well, I don't know, not, maybe not everybody, but he started yeah. out in Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. Got to the finals, lost the to Lakers, Kobe and the Lakers. The Lake, yeah, lost to Kobe, right? Um, also, like, also kind of so, like in a year like uh-huh. this when nobody expected them to be there because everybody, like, kind of like everybody wanted the Lakers and the Clippers, everybody wanted Kobe and LeBron. LeBron didn't make it just like the Clippers. And then Orlando ended up there. Nobody really gave him a shot. That's kind of, that kind of thing that happened right. that year. But yeah, he yeah right. He That's in Orlando, went to the finals, and go up from there. Um, lost. Unfortunately, they didn't get back to the finals again. And they had a good team. Orlando. They had like they came back with a good team. They added like Vince Carter to that team. They had they added Matt yeah. Barnes, Vince Carter. They still had JJ Redick. They still had Jermaine Nelson. They Jameer still had Nelson. Dwight Howard, Rashard um, Lewis. Rashard yeah. Lewis. They had themselves squad. Yeah, they still they had a decent team. Been, I don't know how. Yeah. Barnes. Like, you should have been better after that. Yeah. They, yeah, that's, yeah. They, but they never they got Matt Barnes fake the, bat, fake the ball to Kobe face. <laughs> yeah, Kobe yeah. didn't even flinch. But Matt Barnes should have known he wasn't going to flinch. I don't know what made him think somebody like Kobe would flinch at that, but whatever, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but people, people who were in Orlando, or some Orlando fans, were mad at Dwight for never getting yeah. them back there. And so a lot of people have said, because you know, after he went to Orlando, 
he 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 went from Orlando yeah, straight to did. LA, right? He won three defensive players a year in Orlando too. Three three time block champion, yeah. rebound champion. Listen, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was a beast in Orlando. We're not gonna even sit here and act like he was good MVP at all. People. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people forget, but uh, he was a different breed of man down there in Orlando. Let's we're not gonna act like he wasn't, bro. That dude was different. That he probably one of the most athletic big men mm-hmm. we've ever seen. Prime Dwight Howard. Like you talk about somebody who jumping out the gym for a block every time he goes up for one. Man, Whew. Orlando Dwight was different. Lander the White House was saying stuff um, into the third and fourth row. That's what I'm saying, and, bro. And you'll Orlando get Dwight you'll get different. that turning back the clock type of play from him every now and then. But like, dang, that's what he used to yeah. be. But like, you ain't get it often. Like after, yeah, it's it's hard, man. Everybody can't like everybody can't jump out the gym like that all the time anymore, bro. It's different. Um, so he went to Orlando. Made it to the finals, they lost, but they lost to Kobe. But I mean, they still lost. People thought they would get back. They never did. Then he goes to LA, um, and teams up with Kobe and Steve Nash. Yeah. That didn't really work out there with Kobe, Steve Nash, Dan Tony. Dwight Howard wasn't the same. Steve Nash was very injury prone later in his career because the way he even got hurt, the way he ended his career with the Lakers to me was terrible. Wasn't it picking up a suitcase, man? I don't know what he, he did. Back. I know he broke his foot. In like the fourteenth game of the season, yeah, and then he had a back injury that mm-hmm. kept him out forever, and then after that he just hung yeah, up. He and I swear it was, it was him lifting back or something, or something like that. Like he had, like he, like yeah, he couldn't stay on the court, and then he ended up retiring in the middle of the next season. Yeah, right, which was crazy. Um, but it's people pretty much said that the White House fell mm-hmm. in L.A. too. So then I feel like he went he from did. L.A. to Houston. And Houston wasn't that great either. And I remember people even chanting, even Houston fans, I remember at one point they were chanting stuff like Howard sucks yeah. during a home game, which was crazy to me. So you had Houston fans, I mean, you had Orlando fans that were mad at him. You had L.A. fans who were mad at him. First of all, we got to talk about his tweet that he made to L.A. fans and that he talked about, if he got another he chance, hope he, he hope he get another chance to make it up, make it up to him. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, but we'll get to that. So anyway, he goes to he goes to Houston. It don't work. And to me, his worst highlight from Houston is Steph Curry boxing him out and getting a one arm rebound oh, over man. Dwight Howard in the playoffs. That's one of the wildest plays I've ever seen, and that's what made me feel like this really ain't the same yeah. Dwight, man. You just let six three Steph Curry get a one handed rebound over you in a playoff. Yeah, one of them years, I can't. Oh, I can't remember what God. year it was, but one of them years was the year that Damian Lillard had took the Blazers from the, to the second round for the first time in 15 years when he shot over the White House. Oh, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, it just it just seemed like he had a few stints yep. that didn't work out. Uh, he bounced around from Washington, team to team after Charlotte, that. Washington, Atlanta. he's with the Hawks at one point, too. Oh, and so it just seemed in everybody's head, it just seemed like Dwight Howard was going to be one of those great players. And then, that and then, and right. then you, t- you think about the fact that his teammates in those other locker rooms didn't like him very much. Like, apparently, like, he was a problem in the locker room. And every yeah, year, I heard about that. I heard about that almost every year. And every year, he'll say something like, 
I change, I'm trying to change my outlook or something, and then he goes somewhere else, and they say the same thing about him. And then he said that this year, which had me as a Laker fan, like, you've been saying this, bro. Like, what's going to be different? And it was different. <laughs> yeah. That was my biggest thing was I was like, man, Dwight Howard really has a chance to to make good on his promise that he made in 20 – well, not his promise, but – help keep his word to Lakers fans that he put out in 2013 was he hopes to get another chance to make it up, make it up to him. And he got that. And to me, that was such a redemption story, not only to be able to help be a part of a championship Lakers team, um, especially when you had a stint in LA before that didn't work out, but to also be able to win yeah. it in Orlando. Um, I know that really got to him. His his that video that what he had on his live, yeah. that, the words that he said on his Stick live, to your um, yeah, were really touching because it was like, man, you're right. Because I know for a while that it seemed he said he would never in his win, head. It yeah. seemed like he would never win one. And um, I mean that gets to you when you just bounce around from team to team to team all the time, yeah. especially when you already been to the finals and you really you lost and you want a chance to get back and it just seems like every squad you go to it just won't it just doesn't work. And then out the fact that out. the fact that he's here, it's because Demarcus Cousins got hurt. Yeah, that too. The I fact that he's even that he here right. in the first place is because Demarcus Cousins couldn't stay couldn't stay healthy. And they, and they replaced yeah yeah towards ACL yeah. in the off season. Um, but, but yeah, it was but I'm, like it's like because it's destiny that he say. got that he got there in the first place. It's destiny that he did it with the Lakers after after hoping to make it up to them after what happened all them years ago, and it's destiny that he did it in right. Orlando. In Orlando. And what the crazy part is, I almost forgot. He almost opted out. Well, he did yeah. opt out. But then he opted back in. And although I feel like the Lakers may, would have probably won it anyway, the ring wouldn't have felt the same if he oh, didn't yeah, contribute the, the way he was able to contribute in this playoffs. Oh, yeah, opt out of the bubble. My bad. Let me be specific. Yeah, he almost uh, – he did actually opt yeah. out, but then he opted back in. Avery Bradley was first, mm-hmm. and I think he was second, but then he opted back in, and I was like, that's big because he gets a chance to do it in Orlando. And I'm so glad he did because if he would have stayed out, it wouldn't have felt the same. I don't feel like he it would have felt the same to him. And they wouldn't, he wouldn't have got his, his just due. He couldn't have like contributed. He did now. Like he contributed against Portland, not Portland, but Denver in that series. Yeah. The Nuggets, yes, and even in this series, and I think about and I think about the fact that old Dwight Howard, when they benched him, when they benched him against the Rockets, and they benched him in game in game six last night, old Dwight Howard would have probably had a problem with that. This this new Dwight Howard probably this like he said he changed his the way he approached the game, and I'm and I'm happy for him. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta swallow your pride and do what's best for yep. the team if you really want to win. I feel like the best example of that is what Andre Iguodala did for the Warriors. Being a starter, coming from the Nuggets, coming from the Seventy Sixers, and then coming to the Warriors, and he's got to yeah. be a six man. He wasn't feeling it at first, but I mean, yeah. look what it got him though. 
Sometimes if you really want to help that team, if you really want to have team success, you got to do what the team, yep. you got to do what's what best this, for the team. And that's what this team you was can, built off of. Got a bunch of guys that were going to do what's best for the team. Exactly. That's what I was, like, like LeBron said, you know, him and A.D. are jealous of each other, and I think that's not just that's, him and Anthony Davis. Team, I think that's yeah. everybody on this team. Nobody is jealous of anybody's shine or anybody's minutes. Nobody is. Everybody realizes that everything that they do on this team and is I for think a last reason at the end the of the day. That was a with It might have been. With those young with, guys, I mean, those, yeah, they, that was a those young players, yeah. I mean, they only in their second year, and now they got and people it. playing them like – they the NBA. They're defending champs. Like it's different, and they want and that shot because they want to get better. Got yeah, LeBar in his ear telling him what he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but it's also crazy to me that no, like I don't get how nobody really wants to. I, I get mm-hmm. that this year was unorthodox, but to me, with it being unorthodox, I don't get how that doesn't this make was- well. Anybody in this bubble was able to it accomplish was hard, that it much was harder than a regular season. I think of all time. That's what Mark I, I Jackson said you. after the game. He feels like this. He feels like there's going to be an asterisk on this championship, but not because it was easy, but because it was the hardest championship he's ever seen anybody try to win. I agree with you, man. I, it's, it's how can you not agree? You got to. You got to clearly hate, see you what happened to a lot of these star players on That's these other you teams. You gotta hate. Yeah. You gotta hate LeBron James. You gotta hate. Um, and that's sad to me because it's like, do you not see what happened to the other star players that y'all yeah. chose to win it? Yeah, this bubble got to them, and it's hard. It's hard to see how it didn't because I mean, everything yeah. we're going through this year as a country with with the, the pandemic we got stuff. going on right now, because we're nowhere in the clear to yeah to the social injustice stuff. To being in the bubble and not being able to see your family for three months at a time, to to only being within the walls of there the bubble a, anyway, you can't leave the walls of the bubble. You have to stay on this no, campus for three that, months, and you're pretty much only going to your room and to go eat. And that's there it. was a whole strike in the middle of the playoffs, like like we didn't even know if games were going to come back again. Like even even after games came back, after the five month hiatus, yeah, we didn't. There was a whole strike in GameStop again, and we didn't know if it was going to come back again. Yeah, exactly. All like all exactly. that stuff is and just mentally there draining. Was just, like that's mentally ahead. draining type of stuff. And for you to stay focused on winning and get that, and actually come out on top of all that, after all the other stuff we talked about earlier, but not having home court advantage, stuff like that that you earned in the regular season. That this stuff. Like you can say, like I said, like I said a couple podcasts ago, you can say that the Miami Heat was able to get here because they didn't have to go on the road and play. That that right. that made them that possibly. I'm not gonna say for sure because we don't know. We never will never know. That possibly allowed them to beat the right. Milwaukee Bucks, who was, who was supposed to be better than them, and the Boston Celtics, who was supposed to be better than them. So, but so right. for the Lakers to be able to. To weather that from the Miami Heat, who all who already beaten two teams that were supposed to be better than them, after all the other stuff that we've talked about, yeah, like how do you not make? How do you not see this as one of the hardest things in the that 
a team's had to do in the NBA. Because of who won it? If this was the Clippers, oh, they'd be, since the Clippers were most of the, these people's picks, for adversity. they'd be happy about it. Wait, exactly. you know, I don't care. Exactly. We have, we, cele- we celebrating the championship. Exactly. They made it. Exactly. They made it. It don't even matter because at the end of the day, one, you know, sometimes you got to get over the kind of recency bias that's going on. And once you get over things like that and you reflect on certain things, you realize yeah. how big it actually was. So in a couple of years, people won't be feeling the same way they feel that's about obvious. this championship. That's right obvious. Let's, take, let's, take, that let's go back a little bit. So, like, championship, even if this championship did have asterisks on it, championships, that happens. Yeah. That happens, right? Think about last year. The Warriors were hurt. You think about 2016. The Cavs were hurt. We don't know what would have happened. You think of 2015. You mean 2015? Think about yeah. um, 1999, the lockout. Do you know who the Spurs faced in that finals? In 99. In 99? Uh, I don't remember. So no. They they faced the New York Knicks in that finals. You know what seed the New York Knicks was that season? The eight seed. What seed? The eight seed got to the, got to the finals that year, and by and by the next first championship, that was just another championship. Don't nobody put an asterisk by one Tim Duncan ring. So like, <laughs> right? Even if it was, even if it was considered quote unquote easier. Okay, so what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I give people the the feel of from a basketball perspective. Maybe they didn't feel like they yeah. went through the toughest teams. Um, but again, yeah, that's not the finals. Lakers' fault at all because those t- those teams who you felt were better and tougher than but them you should have made it to where they made it to. So actually, I lied. I can't even give people that because also, again, that's not the Lakers' problem. They took care of business with how they and needed also to, you and can't they even got say that because multiple people picked those teams to beat them. So like, yeah, that's the reason why I took so it like because I realized, yeah, you're right. <laughs> a lot of people had the Lakers being underdogs, even though the numbers may not have had the Lakers being underdogs. According to a lot of these media people, they had the Lakers pretty that much just being comes underdogs. Down to and, people and not lose. being able to admit they were wrong, and you so you double down. Yeah, they, I that, can admit exactly. I was wrong about Roger Armando. <laughs> I can admit I was wrong about stuff. Yeah. Just to, just admit that you that you was wrong. And let's yeah. go. Let's get over it. Get to the next season. You pick who you want to. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to be interesting to see who who people pick for next year. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, I just want to get through to one um one LeBron quote here, and the only reason why I want to get through uh-huh. it is because I want to get your thoughts on it um, because I think it was it was good. So after his his got the finals MVP, he was giving his speech, and he pretty much just went down the list of people on the Lakers, said Jeannie wants her respect, Rob Palenka wants his respect, Frank Vogel wants his respect, and he said, and yeah. I want my respect too, right? Um, First of all, I feel like he didn't say anything wrong in that statement. I feel like he was 100% right because for the last two years, y'all have been doing, not y'all, certain critics 
on TV have been doing LeBron, nothing but downplaying and disrespecting the LeBron entire Lakers organization. The Bron is talking to the exact people that we're talking about that we've been talking about this whole podcast. So that just validates that what yeah. we're saying is not it's not like we're not coming up with this out of we're not coming up with this out of thin air. What LeBron was talking about is exactly what we're talking about right now. So they say that. So like yeah, some people you. might listen to this and say, "Oh, you just Laker by you only hear what you want to hear because you're a Laker fan." No, no. What LeBron what LeBron was talking about is what we were talking about. That's what I feel about the whole quote. Like he's talking to everybody yeah. that doubted that doubted him. He's talking to everybody that doubted the team, like the team, the roster. He's talking about everybody that doubted Rob Polinka for yeah. putting the roster together. He talked about everybody that doubted yeah. Jeannie Buss for like sticking with Rob Polinka after Magic Johnson left. He's talking to he's talking like yeah, he's talking to pretty much the doubter. Yeah, exactly. And um seemed like some people had an issue with his quote, but my whole thing was how about you go back and and see what you said about the Lakers organization and see why he said what he said. Because y'all yeah. were disrespectful the whole time. It, the, y'all were disrespectful yeah. from the moment he got there, really. And then once it seemed like things were imploding in the Lakers front office, which it really wasn't, um, things may have seemed bad on the surface, but in reality they worked out for the Lakers good, but whatever. Um, y'all took that stuff like that from last year going into this year and just decided you weren't going to try to give the Lakers their props at all. And it's just crazy to me that people have an issue with LeBron saying that. But yet y'all don't have an issue with the disrespectful things you said before and they don't have an issue with their predictions being wrong. It's not about predictions. Predict. That's what we do. We predict. But it's about the blade. It's about the blatant disrespect type of stuff. I think he's talking. I don't think he's mad because because uh, people pick the Clippers to win against them or or anything like that. I think he's mad because like we're sitting right. here champions and we didn't win one award in the regular season. Like no, like neither no yeah. individual awards, no, no individual awards yeah. of the year, no coach of the year. They didn't even get votes for it. He only got like. He only got like what twelve votes from MVP out of what a hundred and what a hundred and one, yeah. hundred and ten, something like that. He only got like twelve. A D didn't get his props votes, for yeah. being a defensive juggernaut that he deep, deep, Nobody yeah. else on the Lakers got even yeah. an all defensive vote when they were the, obviously the best defensive. Like that's the that's the type of stuff that he's talking about. He's not talking about prediction. People make predictions all the time. Right. Um, my only reason why I brought up predictions is because the difference between the way people predict for other teams and the way they pick for the Lakers was they predicted against the Lakers, and then their reasoning for why they picked yeah. against the Lakers was disrespectful. Then, it wasn't they didn't you keep the same energy with every team. It's like if you pick if whenever people picked against the Clippers, it's because they yeah, just feel like always, that team is better than them. it that was always people. It was always something that made sense. You see what I'm saying? Whenever they picked against the Lakers, it didn't make any sense. It would just be something stupid like, well, I don't I just feel like LeBron went to LA to make movies. So why would I pick the Lakers yeah. to beat anybody? Things like that. That's what I mean by 
people who made predictions based off stupid things and just wanting to be disrespectful. Yes. Nothing at all that made sense is, is how is those are the people that I'm talking about. But I think you're exactly right. I think exactly what you said about um who he's talking about and what he means by how they disrespected him is right. Because you're right. They did they that's the reason why he named the people that he named. That's why he said the organization. That's why he said Jeannie Buss. That's why yep. he said Rob Palenka. That's why he said Frank Vogel. And I'm pretty sure he would have named his teammates individually too if he could. But that's the reason why he named all those people because you're right. Every single person that had anything to do with the Lakers ever, especially not, not ever, but in these last two years, got disrespected yep. in one way or another, which was sad to say. Um, but it's okay because you don't have to give the Lakers their respect. Yep. They're just going to snatch their exactly respect. How about that? And that's what I feel like they did exactly. That's, that's what they did when they Just like they snatched the heart out of the Miami Heat in the second quarter of game six. Just like they snatched the heart out of the Houston yeah. Rockets. It's like they snatched the heart out of the Portland Trailblazers. But, but, but round yep. after round. You got people like, oh, yeah, they did that after I picked the other team, but. And that's and that's the type of thing that right. LeBron's yeah. talking about. Yeah, it's it don't make no sense, man. It's it's sad, but you know what? It's the Lakers okay are the 2020 NBA champion. It's continuing to fuel the Lakers. Exactly. And they that's what makes it so NBA sweet champion. because, like, and the, the, that, the, the doubt behind this team makes this champion. I think I've already said that. Didn't I already say that earlier about how the doubt makes it makes this yeah yeah that much better. That much better, yeah, exactly. But also for them to start out for the Lakers to start out winning the championship at the beginning of the last decade, and then to start out this decade they, winning the chip, they started out means the, a lot. Decade That's crazy to me chip too. Like, what is a decade? What is a decade? What is oh, the yeah, you're right. decade without a Lakers chip? That's crazy. And when at this point, I don't know because you got the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. That and when Lakers the Lakers win, they win a game. So, like, put that in your back pocket. In 2009, won in 2010, yeah. 2000, 2000, they won in 2001 and 2002. And 2002. Yep. Oh, when crazy. we win again. That's crazy. Trying to end on that. History repeats itself, huh? History repeats itself. Um, got anything? Okay. Yeah, I, do you this. got anything like, else? What is, what, is your, what is your favorite moment from the season from the Lakers specifically? There you go. From the Lakers specifically. Um, it can be. Okay. I'm going to choose a moment outside of the bubble. I'm going to choose that was the me. weekend where they had to go play. Ahead. The, uh, go ahead. That, that's, your, that, that's yours too? Okay, yeah, I was just gonna say the weekend where they had to play the Bucks and the where they had to play the Clippers first and then play the Bucks, and I the reason why I picked that is because that's after all the All Star weekend and that's when, like I've always said, a LeBron led team gets to their playoff form, and it's crazy to me that he missed the playoffs for one year and somehow yeah. everybody forgets that. And so I was trying to say, okay, I get with the Bucks. And the Clippers did in the first half of the regular season versus the Lakers. But what are they going to do in this back yeah. half of the regular season and going into the playoffs? Not only that, 
forget about the Lakers. They got to play other teams before they, they get to the Lakers in the playoffs. So what are they going to do before then? Because both those teams seemed very worried. Well, not, I, I'm not even going to put the Bucks in the conversation. The Clippers seemed very worried about the Lakers, nope. but the Lakers not were not worried about the Clippers, bro. The Lakers were focused on their team and what they got to do to get better. Yep. And then if they see the Clippers, they see them. Whereas the Clippers, their minds was, and their, their all their attention was on the Lakers the whole time for no reason. But they were feeding into that media hype, though, because the media had them hyped uh-huh. up. So they were feeding into it, too. So since the media kept always comparing them to the Lakers and talking about the Lakers, the players, and it seemed like the players for some reason fell into to the same yeah. BS that the media fell into. And I thought that that was oh, kind of yeah, stupid because definitely... it's like, but y'all should understand that y'all you can't just focus on one team because you're not going to see them in the beginning of the playoffs anyway. So focus on whoever's in front of you. And that's what the Lakers did, hence why they made it to the finals and won the championship. And that's what the Clippers failed to do. And that's why um, they lost to the – they blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. So, um, But, yeah, that's my favorite moment was that weekend because, to me, it was a preview of what you were going to get from uh-huh. the Lakers in the playoffs. Exactly. Because, again, LeBron's been doing this same thing for years. He did it – he did his four years – first of all, it started off with that Miami team. Miami was big on doing that. They started doing that after they won that first chip. Their last two years, they started saying, you know what, we like the regular season, but we're going to get even better and get in the playoff form after um, All-Star Weekend. And so LeBron's followed that form- formula ever since. Um, so that's my favorite moment from this Lakers team uh, in that was in this definitely was, was the one I was gonna say, but I got more because there was because there were plenty. <laughs> hey, go ahead. First of all, first of all, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Well, I have, I have, I would say two, but one of them feeds within the other one because it was the same team. So that's so it's technically three, but. We're going to put one in the same category as the other one because it was the same team. But anyway, the first one I'm going to say is mm-hmm. how they flustered Russell Westbrook in game what? What game was that? Was that game three? Or the, no, that was game four. No, it was game five. I think it was game four. Elimination game. It was about to get eliminated. Yeah. Where, oh, where it was Rondo, a closeout game. Rondo yeah, Rondo you're right. You're right. My bad. Him yeah. and Rondo brother was going back and forth because Rondo brother was waving at him like Damian Lillard did. <laughs> so like, and he was, and he was uh, like, "What would yeah, you say?" Okay. He was getting all mad. Right. After yeah, and he they they yeah yeah he was he was upset. And my second one is the two game winners versus the Nuggets in the bubble. Because if you remember that first one, that first one yeah. was Kyle Kuzma, the one where he, the one where LeBron gave him, they gave him the ball, LeBron, yeah, in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, in the regular. And LeBron season, gave him the ball. Yeah, that was, yeah. I think that was yeah, the yeah. place the first seed. Because I don't think they won the, in the bubble after that before the playoffs. When the when the when he gave him the ball, he knew it, it was going in, so he like put his hand up and Kuzma, Kuzma like turned around and hit the shot to win the game. And then obviously the winner of the yep. playoffs in game two yep. with AD. Yeah. AD. Yeah. Those moments. Obviously, yeah. I can say more, but we ain't got time for that. You're right. 
You know what? Since you speak on that, my second favorite moment will probably probably be their last game versus the Clippers in the bubble when LeBron had that game winner where and he, he, he put the up the shot because he thought he up. got fouled and he hustled and got his board mm-hmm. and put it back up through five people. Oh, my God. I like that one, and I like that game because mm-hmm. that's where, how they split the series two to two. And I told people when the Clippers went up 2-0 on the Lakers, I was like, I yeah. bet you the Lakers win the last two. I bet you the Lakers win the last two because, again, those is the back half of the season. So watch them win the Honestly, last two. Honestly, if they didn't that's, win that's those exactly. two, I'd, be, I'd probably been a lot more worried about the Clippers, but they did. I'm like, that was big for my confidence. Exactly. Exact. That was exactly my point. I was like, listen, there's been times where LeBron has got swept by somebody yeah. in the regular season and then beat them in the playoffs. Where they won the, the season series in the regular season and then he beat them in yeah. the playoffs in like five or six. Like the regular season doesn't fully matter, but I knew he would want to make a statement against them before the playoffs started. Yeah. That's what he did those last two times he got to play them. And that was the point. That's, that's why – So. Again, my favorite moment their week that weekend that they had, um, where they had to play the Bucks and the Clippers, and then um, that game they had because that game was a grinded out game. Now, also what I like about that game was not only did first of all his offense yeah. wasn't the best in that game, but his defense was locked down. Defense was locked down. He hit the game winner, and then on the final he Clippers possession, like, he locked up his best remember two that, Remember that picture of him guarding Kawhi and Kawhi's face. Yeah, like looking for like help yeah, me out. Looking for help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my then he gets to the Paul George, which is nice. And, and instead of LeBron letting it somebody else switch Paul out. George, he gets right in Paul George's face. And forces exactly yeah. forces Paul George into a difficult shot. Man, that's the reason why I liked. So I'm glad you brought up two, because that reminded me of that one. That's the reason why I like those two. Cause I was like, those to me were statement wins and they were also a preview mm-hmm. for the playoffs for y'all. They spent a long one, man. We've so, been talking. Um, we've been talking for a long time. It has literally been over a year for this this NBA. Yeah, that and the fact that oh, yeah, NBA season has been, been like three hundred and seventy something days. Oh, oh my god, that is crazy, bro. Three hundred and seventy, literally over, over a year. This season has been over a year. And on that, oh, man, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um. Wait, hold on. Before we go, since we shouted out the WNBA bubble, we got to do the same thing with the NBA bubble just because they also were able to crown oh, a yeah, champion with zero like, COVID I think cases. it was like 3,500 3, individuals in that bubble that made it work. They did that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that all had to stay within the bubble. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who was in the bubble, uh, even the ones who tried to leave. I'll try to sneak people in. Shout out to them, too. <laughs> uh, but for real, shout out to Adam Silver, though, for making this idea of this bubble and then making yeah, sure he did I mean, everything he could to like, make it work. Some dose. Because I was about to say, because literally every other sport is struggling right now because yeah. they haven't been able to do a bubble like this. And um, I'm just glad this season was able to have a conclusion and that the NBA was able, even though they had to take five months off, I'm just glad this NBA this NBA season was, was able to conclude, and I'm glad that the right team was able to, to <laughs> the come right out on team top in of terms of us. But like, um, but a team was able to come out top 
off the, on top in general. The team. Well, true, yeah. But, but the best um, team, I feel like the best team yeah. did come off on top. We'll put it that way. I, I agree. It, I mean, it's hard to disagree because, I mean, if you had anybody else as the best team, they didn't prove it in the bubble. This when you got point. rid of this all is the their chance team. to prove it when you have all the bad. The playing teams. field is even. Exactly. Yeah. The playing field is dead even, man. Like, this was, again, like I said in the beginning, I said there's no crowd, no home court advantages. Yeah, this is going to come down to who wants it. At the end of the day, out. that's it. And everybody exactly. got knocked out. That's all it was. There man. was one. There was one team standing. Exactly. But they no snap. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, again, shout out to everybody in the bubble for making yep. for the both the bubbles for making these work. Um, because they gave the blueprint follow. for other sports, to be honest with you. But other sports ain't gonna do the same thing, but whatever. Um, so this my since this bubble was so successful. I really hope that by the start of next season, there won't have to be a bubble. But if there is, I got confidence in it. But then you because this one was so successful with the NBA it's and the be so much longer than than the couple months. Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be right. so That's much longer. Like you're probably yeah. not gonna have Ooh. so much cooperation. Yeah, it's gonna be a little different. Well, how about this? By the time the next NBA season rolls around, yeah, and next year, we won't be worried about that. We'll be in the clear. Um, no, that's so it. So you got anything else to add to the twenty NBA champions? And I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Give me something good to come out of this year. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but that's <laughs> right. All. Exactly. But that's all I got. Ooh, what a year, man. This has been another episode of Point Godcast. We'll see y'all next time.